settling in for a late night recording, welcome to Hand of Pod. Episode 437 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly. I'm joined this week by English Dan. Hello. And Santi. Hey guys. Uh, we started recording a little bit later, but like Manchester United's <coughs> transfer window, a late start doesn't necessarily mean you don't get anything done at all, even if it is just terrible quality. Could we uh, say which is more chaotic and ill thought out? The average Hand of Pod podcast or United's transfer window? Definitely United's transfer window. Excellent. Anyway, results since we last recorded, when we last recorded, we weren't sure why there were no matches on Mondays, you might remember. You weren't sure. It didn't occur to anybody else around the table to point it out to me. Um, The reason is that there's a midweek round of matches, as is always the case when there is no match on Monday. Yes. Um, So we are currently pretty much 10 twelfths of, is it 12 matches? 13 matches, I don't know how many teams are. 14. 14 matches, so we're 12 fourteenths of the way through, or we're about two minutes away from being 12 fourteenths of the way through. Um, the results from the weekend were Godoy Cruz 2 at Alba CB 0. You'll remember some of these from Mystic Sam last week because they'd already happened. Colón 1, Arsenal 1, Club Atletico Tucumán 1, Central Córdoba 0, Huracán 4, Sarmiento 1, Platense 3, Banfield 1, and then in the matches that have actually been played since we last recorded, Patronato 3, San Lorenzo 2. Hell of a match, that one. And uh, none of us watched it, I'm guessing. But no, but it seems that we should watch more Padronando. Yes, indeed. Uh, Rosario Central 3, Barracas Central 1, Defensive Justicia 0, Tigre 0, Lanús 1, Independiente 1, River 4, Newells 1, Vélez 1, Gimnasia 1, Argentinos 2, Union 0, Estudiantes 1, Tacheres 0, and Racing 0, Boca 0. Then in the midweek round, which began on Tuesday, Sarmiento 1, Godoy Cruz 2, Central Córdoba 3, Colón 0, San Lorenzo 2, Platense 0, Independiente again drew 1-1 with Huracán this time in Avellaneda, Tigre 0, Atlético Tucumán 0, Newells 2, Lanús 0, Arsenal 0, River 0, Boca 0, Rosario Central 0, Barracas Central 3, Defensa Justicia 1, Aldo CV 3, Vélez Sarsfield 2 earlier today, uh, as indeed was Barracas versus Defensa Justicia. And in the two matches that are just about to finish any minute now, uh, at the moment, both in stoppage time, it's Union 0, Gimnasia 2, and Tacheres 3, Patronato 3. Uh, and Patronato, by the look of it, have just forced a Pretty last-ditch save from the Tasheras goalkeeper oh. Oh. Uh, while I was reading that up. So uh, later on this evening, in about kicking off in about 35 minutes' time, are Banfield versus Racing and Argentinos versus Estudiantes. It's the fourth time in the last five games, no, the third time in the last five games that Padronato scored three goals after their 3-0 
defeat of Boca mm. and they're free to win over San Lorenzo. <coughs> yeah. So. So they're, as you already said, but yeah, they're one of the teams to watch. So yes, I've never thought I'd be saying this. <laughs> uh, and I still well, wouldn't recommend well, it. I mean, they, they better be because they really, really need to kick up the Ross to save themselves from relegation, don't yes, they? Yes, absolutely. They are the highest scoring team in the league with 22 goals scored. The second highest scorers are Union with 20 and Tigre also with 20. Uh, and they also, from what I can see, have... Oh, no, they don't have the worst defence. Uh, Boca have conceded 20, Tigre have conceded 18, which is the same number, Central Cordoba, Barracas, Sarmiento have both conceded more, uh, Aldo Simi have conceded 23, Vélez have conceded 20, Lanús have conceded 22, but with 18, uh, they've got a pretty unimpressive defence, and in fact... They could have gone up to fourth, though, if with victory tonight, the joint third. The worst defence in the top nine, okay. anyway. Um, <laughs> for what that counts. Um, the league table is Atletico Tucumán on 29 points, still lead Gimnasia, assuming they don't throw away that 2-0 lead in stoppage time uh, over, uh, who is it, we've got that one on the other channel because we're watching the one that's 3-3, over Union, uh, will be one point behind them. Mm. Huracán have 24, Godoy Cruz have 24, Argentinos have 23, River Patronato, if this one stays 3-3, uh, both have 22 and then Racing, Platense, and at the moment, Union, if they don't rescue a point or, or three uh, in stoppage time, are on 21 points as well with their current, as it currently stands, loss. Um, memorable matches from the weekend, gents? Uh, Racing Boca was fun. It was. Um, Tell us about it. It was absolute chaos, to be honest. We went um, for a nil-nil. It was yeah, but yeah. before the match as well, like the atmosphere, I've not seen it, a Racing Stadium like that very often. But it was absolutely exploding. I went to that game with Tony and with Perfect Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, we got there about two hours two hours before kickoff in my car. Well, just realised they're probably at this game because they're in Cordoba at the moment, aren't they? They are in Cordoba at the moment. Yes. Um, got there about two hours early in my car. Nowhere to park in all of our habitual spaces. I ended up being guided by two junkies onto the pavement with uh, with the promise that they're not going to tow you because the tow truck can't get up there anyway. <laughs> um, and it wasn't towed, to be fair to the junkies. So cheers, <laughs> you crazy fuckers. <laughs> um, and then... I think um, Tony and, and Tommy took about another 40 minutes to get into the stadium itself because they went to the stand opposite where I go, um, the ex away stand. You, you didn't go into the stadium together? You didn't go to the stadium? No, I accompanied them to the door and then I went to my, my usual spot, mm-hmm. which was a lot easier, but it was cramped as fuck. Just an incredible amount of people in the stadium. It was like probably more than a, than a classic guy against Independiente on a par with... Um, some of the games we've had in the past, you know, where Racing um, are on the verge of the title. Um, real fervour about the game. I don't know if um, Sergio Romero's possible um, appearance could have had anything to do with it. In any case, he didn't play or make the bench, uh, so that was a moot point. Um, and the guy who did play, Agustin Rossi, uh, ended up having a really good game, annoyingly. Um, especially in the first 60 minutes or so, which were... All racing against a very, very poor, very uninspired Boca team again, uh, away from home. 
Uh, Racing had about five or six very clear chances, possibly even more, uh, that just couldn't quite get one of them in the back of the net. Um, and then as we've seen quite a few times with, with Racing, when they come out strong, <coughs> just really go on the attack, look for the goal when it doesn't come, they've got a tendency to, to just get a bit deflated, to take the eye off the ball, get bogged down in, in foolishness. And that happened, and we ended up shitting bricks, basically, for the last 20 minutes, um, where it was Gabriel Arias' turn. He's back! <laughs> the wonderful Gabriel Arias, Argentine football's best goalkeeper, bar none. Um, after a nine-month or so injury layoff, came and made some really uh, good saves to keep Bocker out. After some inexplicable fucking around at the back from Racing, it must be said, like most of Bocker's chances came from... Just real dawdling uh, with a ball in possession with the defenders. And then right at the end, and literally right at the end, because after that, the, the ref blew up. We had controversy. Um, I had no idea what was going on in the stadium. Uh, that was my first significant VAR pause being in a game, <laughs> in the stadium for a game as a fan. <laughs> it's horrendous. It's like the worst thing you could do to kill a spectacle possible. Um, and I feel like, I don't know what you guys think, but looking, you know, I mean, watched it back, obviously. I would say that the wrong decision was made for the right outcome. If you get my drift. Uh, I can't remember it because my memory of VAR decisions involving penalties in Boca matches has now been wiped out. <laughs> it, yes, this last one has yeah. been superseded. I think I can walk you through it a little bit. Uh, the reasoning behind it was that there was this uh, the loose ball that uh, Jonathan Gomez and Sebastian Bishop were both going for. Yes. Uh, this was in Racing's box, of course. Uh, apparently, uh, both Bija and Gomez came came through with really high tackles to each other. One was higher well, than the other, yeah. let's, let's then, be honest. Yeah, Sebastian Bija came with a pretty high tackle. It was horrible. Yeah, it was, it was a horrible tackle. Yeah, we, we know that. Yeah. I, 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 let me finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, after that, um, Gomez apparently thought that the, the play ha had been stopped. As a result of that, he kind of grabbed the ball and immediately uh, realized that it was still in play. So he, yeah, he, he, okay. he immediately removed his hand from the, realizing that he absolutely fucked oh, up. that's right. But Sorry, the thing is... They were sliding along the floor. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. They, were, they were both... I remember seeing the movement and I think I must have been watching it. Probably had it muted because my girlfriend was working or something so I couldn't hear what the commentators were so saying. So the result of the decision... The result of the decision that. was that... On the on-pitch decision was that there was no penalty because apparently Bisha had also touched the ball, which is straight-up bullshit. Mm -hmm. But then, in retrospect, another camera angle um, appeared, which was not shown during the VAR review, which showed that Sebastian Bisha had uh, tackled... Uh, Jonathan Gomez and had made a pretty high tackle in it as well. Left which, his leg black well, yeah. and blue as well. Like the photos came out afterwards. It was yes, really which young. would have uh, immediately denied that penalty call from Racing and mm. probably would have been he probably would have been booked or even worse. But the main issue is that it, as Dan said, and I think he's right. Even if the right decision was made, 
it was not wrong decision right outcome yeah yeah yeah, okay that that still makes sense that even if even if uh, it was uh, it was right for the referee to not give Racing a penalty he did it because of some bogus stuff Mm. that he apparently saw some suspected handball from from Bija which never happened Mm -hmm. and which completely derailed, derailed him from what actually happened which was that Bija had very high tackled uh, Jonathan Gomez who of course undoubtedly handballed yeah the hand the handball was undisputable um, yeah. but everything that follows after Vicious vicious tackle very out of character for him yeah. by the way I wouldn't have expected <laughs> it um, did, yeah. yeah of course that's all moot um, and then it all just ended in a complete so it kind of kerfuffle because um, yeah Rapalini had given a corner right before, mm-hmm. and then after this massive, I don't know, eight, nine minute VAR check, just blows up for full time and fucks up the tunnel. Mm. So they didn't even give Boca the chance to... I mean, I think um, most referees, uh, most referees have become particularly particularly averse to risk taken ever since uh, VAR has been interested in Argentine football. They always try to, you know, make the least risky mm. call possible in it would have been very big play. to give a, a penalty in the 99th minute of a, of a classic line front. Yeah, especially for, yeah, f- uh, for the away team yes. as well. So, And especially, well, uh, for him to, to end the game as well, which was, yeah, as you said. <laughs> just just claimed, yeah. wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible. Yeah, exactly. Especially considering that at halftime there were two Boca players who were already, you know, Experienced in beating the shit out of each other. Yes, they warmed up on each other before before getting um, <laughs> turning on Rapalini. Yeah. Oh yeah, this was Dario Benedetto was and Carlos Sambrano. Yeah. What happened there? That was in training, right? No, no, no. no. It was, it was at half time. It was oh. in the dressing room. Yeah. I mean, right. it was reported by um, Morena Beltrán, who was the, who was the, the on pitch uh, analyst for for ESPN, and she was basically the one with the. Who gave the news that they had both beaten the shit out of each other in at the dressing room, yeah. which was evident because uh, for some inexplicable reason, Ivarra made no changes, which meant that the cameras could focus on Sambrano's completely bruised face, <laughs> which made it painfully obvious that something had gone on in that dressing room. Yeah, it was not getting away with it. Yeah. So another entertaining week for Boca, just not entertaining for what they've done on the field. No, indeed. I, I, think I mean, have they ever been entertaining for what they've done on the field? Yeah, they have had their moments over the last hundred years, maybe. I, I think that is... They haven't for a while. It probably makes most sense to sort of follow the, the, the string through and talk about both of a club's matches since we recorded, <laughs> as mm-hmm. it were. So let's talk about Boca's match on Wednesday night now rather than the rest of the weekend. Carlos Tevez's homecoming. Indeed it was, yeah. Um, and as I said a few minutes ago, my, my memory of VAR decisions involving Boca Juniors ha- has been wiped out because there were two of them in the first half uh, against Rosario <laughs> Central. The first of which was, I have to admit, I didn't actually see the decision, so I don't know whether it was correct or not. But basically, the reason that it was goalless at half-time was Gaspar Serio. Yes. The Rosario Central goalkeeper who took just, as Dan put it on our WhatsApp group, took a penalty that Dan could have saved um, in the 15th minute after a five-minute VAR decision uh, to fail to give Central the lead and then on the stroke of half-time, deep, deep, deep in stoppage time, uh, made a 
good say, save. I wouldn't say spectacular, but a good. reasonable to good save yeah. um, from a penalty that was awarded to... Uh, I was going to say to Paul Fernandes, but it was for a foul. It was taken by... Yes. Uh, and taken by Paul Fernandes um, to keep it goalless. So, Cerebri are very much to blame for the fact that we saw no goals in the Bombonera last mm-hmm. night. Uh, but Tevez, having now come away from the Bombonera undefeated, I mean, you know, once upon a time, that would have been an impressive result. And what are Central now? They've got uh, one, two, three, four wins, two draws and only two defeats from their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches. After a slightly rocky start, he's looking like he could be a manager. <coughs> yeah, living up to... Well, um, seriously now, because we started off saying, I oh, know he's going to be crap, and then we started saying he's the best manager ever in sort of... Uh, living up still, to the very meagre expectations. I think yeah, the I mean, jury is still out for him. He had a pretty, pretty poor start, which was only sustained because of that win in the, in the Clásico. I do think that he found a real gem in Anejo Ellis, the one who scored actually mm-hmm. the winner in that Clásico, mm-hmm. and he's scored a lot more since for an 18-year-old. It's it's a great, great player to have in, the, in your team, but um, I think, as I said before, the jury is still out, and I would like to see him on a more consistent basis, whether he's built for managing a club like Rosario Central yeah. or not. I do wonder what the end game is here though for uh, Tevez. Is it's it, weird, isn't it? Yeah. come in for the rest of the year, get a good campaign under his belt, kind of leave on a high and then see what else is out there? Or is it long term, building a Central dynasty? What's what's Tevez's game here? I mean, do enough to put him in the line for the Boca job, which he's never yeah. going to get as long as Regan is there. I, mean, I, I saw some whispers that there's somebody... You know, one of these agents or whatever, quite heavily involved at Central, who is connected. But I don't think, right? right? I think it's Brian Arnick. Brian Arnick, yeah. Um, so presumably, there's there's something going on there because the other thing that I don't get, I think I mentioned this when he took the job, mm-hmm. is that throughout during his career, he gave you know several interviews in which he said that he wasn't really that into football. Like he didn't yeah. enjoy playing; he just happened to be good at it. Uh, and obviously, coming from the circumstances he's coming from. It was his way out of the the slum to yeah. to fully embrace a massive cliche. Mm. Um, so it does surprise me that having earned all of the money that he's going to need to earn, that any of his kids are ever going to need it to earn, he's now back in the game for a job that none of us really would have picked him for. And I don't mean the Rosario Central manager's job. I mean being Coaching, a manager yeah. at all. I mean he just it surprises me that he was in any way interested. Um, it's an interesting Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. And indeed, if he does turn out to be, I'm not suggesting for a moment that he's going to turn out to be either particularly innovative and turn into the next Marcelo Bielsa or massively successful and turn into the next Alex Ferguson. To well, two I mean, his, his, his main, his main uh, I mean, the, the, the manager was always, he's always, you know, quoted as being like his mentor or his role model is, uh, in fact, Antonio Conte. Hmm. Who is um, who has always been a real pragmatist? Yeah, has always you know every at every club he's ever been. He's tried to you know look for his strengths within his players and what what he can do with the squad at his disposal. He was mm-hmm. called a, he was called an innovator for you know playing with Chelsea at uh, with a three man back line because back then no one did. But and and since then he's been kind of categorized as a three man backline kind of manager. Yeah. But I don't think that is exactly his case. I think it's more of a pragmatist than people give give him credit for. And I think Tevez will most likely be that kind of uh, that kind of manager. Not exactly a 
tactician per se. I don't think there are many tacticians in Argentine football. But I mean, can we define the Tevez style now that he's been in charge for what seven eight games? Something? Yeah, that's it's still know, such a such a small uh, yeah. sample size. And, yeah, and as you said, he, he's he's lucky to have Alejo Belis. He's also lucky to have uh, Facundo Bonanotte. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As far really as I can right. see, it's absolutely no relation to Diego, who some of our yeah. very long term listeners might be able to remember that little. In the same way that Gino Infantino um, is no relation to the FIFA chief, as far indeed, as Indeed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but looks like I mean, Central have a really matches. good batch of teenagers, don't they? Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess that kind of explains what you want Tevis um, in for. If you've got a decent crop of young players, who better to inspire them than yeah. someone like Tevis? Mm. By his example and his name, maybe not his Some motivational <laughs> speeches, which I can't imagine are, uh, <laughs> particularly. Um, the both are relevant, but I mean it brings. I'm, I'm prejudging again. I mean, maybe, maybe he brings his uh, his younger players to tears. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a bit early to, to sort of pin down a, a style. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Can we say we can but pin I'm down a style for Boca, right? Absolute crap. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just interested in, in seeing where Thomas goes, and basically, I was just trying to say like. He's not going to be a Bielsa, he's not going to be a Ferguson, he's not going to be as, as great in their own way as either of those managers mm. were. But if he turns out to just have a kind of a baseline level of managerial competence, yeah. like to not be just crap so that nobody <laughs> ever wants to give him a job again after And also I think... Uh, it's going to be really strange to... Yeah, to, I still can't quite yeah, get my head around. And I think, I think, I think we also have to... Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry, I was, Carry on. I was interrupting. No? I think you also have to take into account that uh, since Tevez is who he is and for all his achievements in Europe, I think it's a lot more likelier for him to end up in an European, in an European side than any other manager in, in Argentine football, no matter how good he is. I mean, for example, I think for me, it is a lot more likely to see Tevez managing a lower lower level Italian or Spanish say, side he's unlikely to than manage, Alexander Medina for example I would say he's unlikely yes. to manage any yes. of the European sides he played for well maybe it was Ham and, unless maybe oh, maybe it was Ham yeah, yeah. who knows um, or you know if United do really awfully but, uh, <laughs> I love how you just said that between <laughs> clenched teeth <laughs> having be, to acknowledge <laughs> this possibility I mean uh, it would have to be really bad to bring Tevez back given the circumstances well I mean, uh, well, but, I mean yeah. yeah you think that would be the real um well, Last I mean, goes. look at how Simeone came in Europe, uh, came into European yeah. football and through Catania. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true, true. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. And yeah, Boca, it, as Dan put it, it's always entertaining, uh, but not necessarily <laughs> until the moment they step on the field. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always something to talk about, at least. Uh, also, always something to talk about, if only because of. They're the only other club are similarly sized with River, who <laughs> really turned it on for perfect Tommy at the weekend. Uh, two goals from Pablo Cesar Solari, uh, very close together indeed in the first half, gave them a 2-0 lead at half-time. Pablo Perez pulled one back for Newells and got a bit of a pelting from the stands. I mean, verbally, at least. I don't think they threw anything at him. But, um, um, and then Javier... don't, be, don't be innocent. Surely someone must have <laughs> thrown something at him at oh, some sure, point. Yeah, but, I mean, there, there wasn't any obvious evidence of that oh, yeah. happening on this game. Nobody was hit by anything. Or, uh, and then Javier Pinola and Matias Suarez wrapped up a 4-1 win for River. Um, easily the best performance they've put in all year. Yeah. Which is, you know, Followed immediately by one of their worst. 
Indeed, yeah. Uh, on Wednesday evening, because they played just before the Boca game yeah. uh, yesterday. Pardon me. Uh, yesterday, they had the lion's share of the ball and the better of the play, but just couldn't break out to sit out down, really. I don't think there's an awful lot more to say about it than that, but... Yeah, they were also yeah. like pretty sluggish, and uh, they didn't have enough, I think, sparking attack. They didn't have a lot of ideas in, tr in how to try and break that low block. I mean, it was particularly evident once uh, Juan Ferquintero was taken off at halftime. Of course it was. Yeah. No, but this time uh, he, had, uh, he had some ice uh, on, his, on his left leg, so yeah, maybe... didn't have a particularly good... First half, the truth either when he yeah, but off. still it, it looked like when he was on the pitch, River were creating a couple chances. Mm. Uh, they weren't very effective at them, but uh, they were still creating. Uh, I mean, some trying to ping a couple balls over the over the Arsenal defense, who were actually closer to scoring against them than River were. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty awful, awful, awful game of football. If you want to see draws. Watch our set out matches because they've drawn more than anybody Nine. else. Mm. I believe I'm right in saying. Just checking. Yep. But um, don't watch them if you can. Venice, Venice have drawn seven of their 27 matches. I think Sutherland's have drawn eight. Sorry, 27 matches. I Venice, think. Are, Venice are 27th and have drawn seven of their 14 matches, but our set out have drawn nine. Yeah. Uh, and what did you say, Santi? San Lorenzo. San Lorenzo. They've drawn eight. San Lorenzo have drawn. Where, is, where are San Lorenzo? Yes, they've drawn eight. Won four, yeah. drawn eight, lost two. Arsenal have won three, drawn nine, and lost two. Um, so, yeah, and also have only scored 15 and conceded 15 in 14 matches. So, yeah, don't watch Arsenal if you want to see teams win. Um, it keeps River kind of in touch, but really they should have been third rather than sixth. Third on goal difference out of Ulrich Allen, got like Cruz rather than sixth on goal difference out of Patronato. I must say, I thought it was outrageous last week when um, happening upon one of the Fat Shouty Man programmes, one of the 20 that are on um, daily, uh, they had on the, the headline down the bottom, um, the championship is between Atletico Tucumán and River. And River were in like eighth at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's a little bit disrespectful for the six teams between River and yeah, especially um, someone Atletico like Tucumán, isn't it? Like, get your head out of your ass. Mm. If they could have got away with it, they would have, you know, they just said, oh, River are going to win the league for sure. <laughs> yeah, There's no one else up there. I mean, there was a very similar narrative, I think, last year. But in that, in that, uh, in that tournament, of course, River ended up winning it. Mm. But there was a very similar narrative back when Tajeres was uh, leading the leading the Rio Profesional for a really, really long time. And yeah. they were still like in fifth or in sixth and people were still talking on River as serious title contenders when they were still pretty far away. But then they were proven right. Hmm. So, I mean... It, and they got insanely lucky last year. They had, what, yeah. seven, eight wins in a row just because yeah, they, they also, they also had a, fire and started... Um, yeah, they also had a shitload of injuries uh, hmm. and they were, they were pretty, pretty adept to uh, manage through them. Mm -hmm. I have to give credit for them, to them for yeah. that, at least on this time. But, uh, I mean, it does feel like this particular Riverside is pretty bang average. Yeah. So I'm not saying they can't win it, of course. Um, I'd be surprised, but... Um, I mean, I think if there is one team that could... There's other teams in it, That's, yeah. that was my point, basically. I mean, I think if there is one team that could uh, feasibly uh, snatch the title away from Atletico, is surely Gimnasia. 
I mean, they're a gymnasia. We prepared for what a gymnasia title <laughs> will mean um, for Argentina and humanity. Yeah. I don't think, I think... Um, well, fill us in on what it would mean for Argentina and humanity, then. Just the apocalypse, I think. Yeah, the end of times. <laughs> no, easy. As simple as that. Um, to remind you, they got a 1-1 draw away to Vélez with Leonardo Morales almost instantly. Uh, equalising after they'd fallen behind uh, to an Abiel Osorio goal uh, with about 15 minutes to go. Uh, and then in this midweek round... They just won uh, they against Union Tunis, yes, of Union course. In yes, Santa Fe. They just won on the other channel, which is why I couldn't remember it, because we weren't watching it. 2 the away to Union, who have been having a pretty impressive campaign themselves. So that's a yes. you know, good result for Gimnasia. Huge result, yeah. Goals from Leonardo Morales, uh, again, and Franco Soldano. Of course, we haven't seen him, so we can't really give you an opinion <laughs> on that match because we were watching the so one. Soldano's scoring a couple. And I think in Gimnasia's favour, they have a slightly easier run in there than Atletico. I know Atletico have to play River. No, they don't have to play River. They have to play Racing. They have to play uh, Boca, very possibly, yeah. which is, you know, yeah. You've nailed on nil-nil draw. I mean, when you say running, let's just remember, no, he, we've still got half the campaign. Well, yeah. Here, it feels Gymnasia, like... A, Gymnasia, I think Gymnasia like now have a really, really easy couple of games. Uh, I think games, so, yeah. They've been up at the end, for example. Yeah. Let's see, they've got... Atletico have Barracas at home, should win that. Then Boca away. Oh. Uh, they've got to play San Lorenzo away. They've got to play Argentinos away. They've got to play Racing away. Mm. Padronato away, so they're definitely going to concede three goals there. Um... <laughs> Yeah, some, some tough fixtures in there for, for Atletico. Uh, some tough him, away trips. And, of course, you have to factor in that, that trip from Tucumán to, to Buenos Aires every other week. It's, um, mm-hmm. You've got to take it tough. It's yeah. a long way. I've done that plane, plane journey a lot of times and you don't just spring off it feeling, um, feeling like you're, you're ready to play 90 minutes of football. <laughs> Looking at Ignacio's fixtures, the most difficult ones both look to me like they've got them at home which would be uh, I mean nominally Boca right we've just been touting River as yeah potentially in the title mix Boca are only two points behind River is what you know there are several more positions about him but it's a very very tight league oh yeah yeah but there's still like uh, 10 points or 9 points behind Atletico yeah no totally I mean I'm not suggesting that Boca are going to be league title contenders but they're not necessarily a pushover even though then they're not going to win the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, who else was I looking at? As potentially difficult opponents in front of where they stand. Oh, well, well Tacheres on the last day away. Nah, Tacheres. Banana skin, maybe. Oh, but no. I'm thinking of the Tacheres who have been playing in the Libertadores, of course, rather than yeah. the Tacheres playing in the in the league. Who've been yeah, it'll be it, it'll be interesting to uh, find out who is going to be the first manager to be sacked out of those teams have now been eliminated from the Copa Libertadores mm-hmm. because they have been absolutely crap in the Liga, Liga Profesional. This is true. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, and the obvious contender for the Libertadores involved teams is the one who's still in it. Yeah. But whose team is second bottom of the league. You think uh, a Libertadores semi-final um, will have covered? Yeah, especially with no real risk of... I mean. I don't know if it's... Nah, it's not fine. even any no real risk, is it? It's just no risk whatsoever nah. in relegation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Unlike a team like uh, Tacheres, maybe they could be in trouble. Maybe not this year, but they'd have to see next year. Because yeah. they had a very good season 
And uh, something interesting happened as well, which is that uh, there was a game uh, in this, um, actually today, it was called today, a uh, first division game, which took place in a stadium that holds 4,000 people. Which one was this? Barrancas. Uh-huh. They returned to their to their, the stadium where they used to play their home the matches. The Estadio Chiquitapia, isn't it? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> they returned to the Estadio Chiquitapia. Despite the fact that the that the AFA rules that no there can be no games in the first division at stadiums that hold less than sixteen thousand people. All right. Yeah, yeah, but there's you have to remember the last few words of that rule. Yeah, exactly. And are not named after Chiquitapia. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, and uh, well, when you consider the the cases of you know the River Camp and River a few years a few years ago, and also the constant struggles of Goy Cruz. To try and play the Feliciano Lombarte. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. this must feel like a punch in the back. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I know Barracas aren't your, uh, your typical lovable underdog, but I'm in favour of it. As long as it's up to scratch with security, health and safety, and all that. Yeah, so let them play have you seen that you football pitch? It's a stadium, if it's a stadium, it's a stadium. Yeah. I mean, have you seen that football pitch? That's a different matter. If the pitch is. Fact, then they should get it ready. And it's um, full of sand, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, but was it painted? <laughs> Could be. As long as it's green. Yeah. It's okay. Um, anyway, the, their new surroundings clearly inspired them because with goals from Christian Coleman, Ivan Tapia, who I'm was normally at this point say no relation, but I'm assuming he is a relation. Yes, no, he, he's this, the, the, the brother of the current president of uh, Barracas, and of course, both of them are the oh, sons no. of Tapia. Yes. Um, and he's the captain. And yeah. Bruno Sepulveda. Uh, made it 3-0 before half-time, and Kevin Gutierrez pulled one back for the Fensi Uticia in the second half. Tapia scored a banger as well. He's a good player, he's not, he's, not, um, he's not there for inepticism, definitely, he's, uh, he's useful. <laughs> I didn't see this game because I was proofreading. And the, it was I didn't also, either, but I'm saying in general. It was also Tapia's the return of uh, Rodolfo de Paoli in charge. Was it? Oh, yeah. And which actually, no, 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 no. He was in charge of Barracas. He took him up. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but he's the, the, the commentator. Yeah, the, the guy who actually I, was. I thought he'd left. No, he did leave after losing their first three games back yeah. in the first division. Uh, there was a lot of dodgy stuff underneath as well. That immediately after Alfredo Berti was named as manager, and now he's made his return, and they've actually not only won but won comfortably, yeah. which. I don't know, it's, it's a so bit funny. What did they do with Berti? They sacked, sacked him. him all this. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. Um, anyway, what I was saying was that I didn't see the game, uh, but just looking at the numbers, it looks like Barracas deserved to win it to me. Oh, yeah. Defensive with are on top on all of the numbers, apart from shots on target, <laughs> which Barracas won 10-4. Glad to and Yeah. Who was defending for the defensive Judicia? That, that's, that's some good finishing. That's some much better finishing. I think they're going to have to take the defender out of their name for uh, for a week as punishment because it clearly wasn't much of it. Indeed. Yeah, the Justicia as well. No, Justicia, it seems that there was a fair bit of uh, justice, but defence yeah. definitely not. If I wanted to really piss Tony off, if I thought he was going to listen to this, then I would now uh, 
look up what sofa scores expecting goals were. <laughs> but I don't know how to get a sofa score to tell me that. So uh, we're not going to. It doesn't list it on the statistics. That's a bit weird. I don't know, they have a calculation. But anyway. Uh, the reason that Dan sounds particularly distracted at the moment is that Racing are about to kick off in the Estadio Florencio Sola. No, I was curious because uh, Banfield just posted their team photo and they had um, a girl in the ring. Oh yeah, that's because uh, every every team in every team this mat this uh, this picture is, is doing it because of the Dia de la Futbolista uh, happening in the last you know couple. I don't oh, know right. if it was yesterday yeah. or today, but every team is now posing with one of their uh, players in the in the women's yeah. game. That has cleared up my confusion now, and yeah, that's yeah. Racing's look. Oh, I was going to say, and they're and they're actually taking taking part in the in the in the in the draw as well. That uh, to translate the name of the day that Santi just mentioned, by the way, that's uh, the female footballers' day yeah. in Argentina. As we've mentioned once or twice before in the history of this podcast, there are days for absolutely any profession <laughs> you can name. Yes, uh, here in Argentina, and uh, female footballers' day is. So I can't remember exactly when it is, but it's time to coincide with the anniversary of uh, Argentina playing England at the 1971 Women's World Cup, which was an right. unofficial event, but they played it in the Estadio Azteca in front of 110,000 people yes. and won 4-1 uh, with all four goals scored by Elba Selva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still the highest attendance for uh, women's football game, despite yes. what they're trying to... Sports wash into you. No, with, indeed, uh, yeah, with, with Champions FIFA's, League game earlier. FIFA and UEFA's official yes, attendance business. But uh, yeah, the, the, the first few Women's World Cups weren't played under FIFA's auspices, and so they, in inverted commas, they don't count. Uh, but 110,000 people in the Estadio. That's a lot of people, yeah. It's is quite something. It was um, more than any of the World Cup finals there, right? Any of the men's World Cup finals. I think so, yeah. I've never heard of I mean, the seven, 1970 World Cup final having more than 100,000 people in it. No, that's true, because the Maracanã in 1950 is the... There were 200,000 people there. There were 198,000 people, yeah. I think that record's fairly safe. Yeah. 1970 World Cup final attendance, 107,412. Yeah. So, so I mean, I guess if they're rounding up a bit, it might have been essentially the same attendance. Yeah. Sold out, Estadio Azteca. But, um, yeah... Anyway, uh, any other? Oh, we haven't saw Santi's on, and we haven't had a rant about independent. <laughs> Keep it so, short, please. I know a lot's happened since you were last uh, on. So. Seriously, now Santi, yeah, we can't have that much misery. Lanus, Lanus won Independiente won at the weekend, and then Independiente won Huracan won with an Independiente red card for Facundo Ferreira in stoppage time. Yeah. Um, yesterday, the day before yesterday, it was uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Um, Santi, what is continuing to go wrong with Independiente? <laughs> who are God, they're twenty fifth in the table. Um, yeah, they've lost half their matches. Yeah, why are they crap, Santi? <laughs> I mean, enjoying me. I mean, to be honest, we've talked about this a, a few times. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, not only that, but now uh, for some reason, uh, Julio Cesar Fatini has returned as manager. So, <laughs> I mean, not only are we going to keep being crap, but we're also going to be crap and not even. Uh, go for games but at this point I feel like I mean I don't really have the energy to rant anymore I'm just completely and utterly <laughs> devoid of any semblance of hope 
um, I mean, this club has fucking drained me, and uh, I really do not feel in at any point as being heard as a fan of my club anymore. I mean, what else do you have to say? You're still young, Santi. I've, I've got friends who are Racing fans, you know, they're 60 years old. They went 40 years without winning a title. You, uh, you can go a bit yeah, longer. I mean, I mean, you were 22 it goes, it goes beyond four years without winning a title. I think, I mean, if you have Racing fans who remember 1999, mm. well, that's how I feel right now. Right. Yeah, that's that's how it feels right now. <laughs> we'll like my club they, is not mine anymore. We'll see whether they sink that low, but I doubt it. <laughs> Somehow. Um, shall we take a half-time break, gents? Yeah. We'll recharge our glasses and we will be back with you in just a minute. briefly mentioned, I should say, in, during the first half of the podcast, uh, Belis are not in any danger of being relegated this year because the Argentine relegation system is silly. Um, however, it might not be silly for much longer. Actually, we should clarify this, it's silly in the top flight. Mm-hmm. It stopped being silly two or three years ago now in the lower divisions because they've not been operating with... Promedios for a, a couple. No, of I things. mean it, it is it's silly. It is extremely teams go down. I mean it is extremely silly when you consider that there are thirty-seven, 37 teams in the second division. That's not silly. It's just yeah. insanely bonkers. That's not the relegation system per se. Though. That's just the league pyramid. Yeah, but yes, right. it is daft. Um, but we're told. Or, and when I say we are told, I don't mean that Hand of Pod has an exclusive line to the AFA. What I mean is uh, we're all literate and able to read <laughs> things. And it has been reported uh, that at 10 o'clock on Friday morning, which will be after this episode goes online, uh, but it will only be probably seven hours ish after this episode goes online so there's a very good chance that it will this will already have happened by the time uh, you hear this if you don't listen to it immediately um, that there's going to be a, a meeting of the executive committee of the AFA <laughs> <laughs> we've got traffic in the background oh, a little bit of traffic from the children's toys in the in the other room, uh, there's going to be a meeting on Friday morning of the Executive Committee of the AFA where the 2023 Argentine domestic football calendar is going to be discussed because, of course, it's not finalised yet. <laughs> discussed I mean, or decided? I think this is, a, this is a key point. Are they just going to talk about it? Here it says, Así se hablará del calendario. So, yes, they're going to talk about it. I mean, they, they've uh, denied that there's going to be a specific talk about a change in format of the tournament, but they spoke about a proposition about some changes in the calendar. Indeed. <laughs> which is... Um, yeah. There are three... O- according to Teresé, there are three options. There are some other 
um, media who are saying that one of these options is definitely going to be the one that's taken and aren't even bothering to report the others or whatnot, but let's go with Day so they're giving us three options. The first one, I, I'm going to reverse the order um, because the first one then that I'm about to say is the third one listed in Day Say's one and it's the easiest one to cover, which is exactly the same calendar as we've got this year. Uh, there'll be a Copa de la Liga followed by a Liga. They'll both have the same format as they have this year. Don't need to tell you all about that. Uh, if you're a very, very new listener, then go back and listen to a couple of old episodes from the start of the year or something and we'll, you know, you'll be able to find that. Um, the second option, which also is the second option on this TSA article, which is quite useful because that's what happens if you reverse the order of three options, um, is... Uh, oh, hang on. No, I've got this wrong. Uh, what I just said was the second option, the same format as 2022. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, so the second option is the final option listed in the TSA article. Are these ranked in light, in order of uh, likelihood? Or no, just it's just in order of they... how long we're likely to spend talking about them. Mm. Right. Um, or how, how, how long they're going to take me to explain. So the first option, no explanation needed, it's what we've got. Second option, in, in spite of which I've been talking about this for about two minutes already. <laughs> uh, the second option is getting rid of the Copa Liga Profesional and just playing two back-to-back, Teixe calling them long leagues, but that's uh, a, a phrase that's been used for absolutely ages in Argentine football to mean the return of finally playing home and away, everybody against everybody, with one league title handed out at the end of the season, and that's not what's being planned. What's being planned is essentially two short championships Remember when we had 20 teams in the top flight and we played a Torneo Apertura and a Torneo Clausura? Yeah. This would be the same thing, only with 28 teams in the top flight. So <laughs> two short championships of 27 matches each, um, meaning that you'd have 54 r- rounds of domestic football over the course of the calendar year. Yeah. Uh, Which is well pretty much what you were trying to avoid since at least the, the start of the Superliga. Mm. So. I mean, I will say this, when, when Argentine football expanded to 30 teams in the top flight, it resulted in fewer matches for us all to watch mm-hmm. because they couldn't fit this in. And so everybody only played everybody else once. Yes, I, we went people, from 38 to 29. Yeah, I mean, obviously I, I don't have membership at any teams or whatever, cause it, and it was mostly because there was never any point getting membership at River because it wasn't actually going to be any easier to go to River matches if I did. Um but, you know, people like Dan and Sam do have membership at their clubs, and in Dan's case at least, definitely try to get along to pretty much all of your home matches. We're going to fewer home matches each year because suddenly there were four fewer home matches to attend because you weren't playing 19 home matches each, each year. Um, so, yeah, it was robbing us of football, and this is not going to be robbing us of football in many ways. There's, there are going to be far more matches than ever. saturating us. But I, I mean, don't really understand how you fit in 54 rounds of league matches. Yeah, I think that's out, out of the three... Plus Copa Sudamericana, yeah. plus World Cup qualifiers. I mean, they play through the World Cup qualifiers. They play yeah. through Copa America. They play through everything, wouldn't they? I don't know if there is a Copa America. I think uh, out, of the, out of the three possible options, that's by far the least likely. Yeah. No, the, the players' union's not going to stand for it. The clubs aren't going to stand for it. No. I think it's a nice And that's before we even consider that they can't play in January. They can't play through most of December. No. They can't play during the day for most of they're not gonna, March. They're not going to carry on through uh, national team weeks because people just hate that. I don't think that would stop them, though. Mm. I've not seen too many conversations about stopping doing that. 
that if it was through a Copa America or a World Cup or something that's, like that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But I think the next year, having said, having mentioned the Copa America, um, I think the next one's going to be 2024, isn't it? Because the idea of holding this one that did, in the end, get postponed because of COVID was uh-huh. that it was going to line up then from then on with the Euros. Possibly. Uh, so well, that wouldn't surprise me if they just chucked another one in next year. Oh, no, totally. It wouldn't be that surprising. Especially with it being Carnival, it wouldn't be at all surprising if no. they went, yeah, you know what? No. Let's have that thing we decided a couple of years ago that made loads of sense. Forget that. We're going to have them every year. Yes. It's going to be Copa America every six months. Um, anyway, the most likely sounding option, by which we mean it's been reported in most places, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're supposing that somebody at the AFA has let slip that this is the one that has the most support is the most confusing one, and it's the silliest one. Oh, it's so silly. And it is. No relegations at the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. That's this year. That's the championship that we're playing at the moment, that we've already played most of the relegation for, because it also, the group yes. stages of the Copa de la Liga, Probably. starts the year, counted towards it. Two-thirds of the games that will count towards relegation, yeah. at least. have been played. Uh, scrap relegation at the end of this year. Copa de la Liga Profesional 2023 with presumably 30 teams because there'll be, yeah, it says here actually, 30 teams because there will be two teams coming up from the Nacional, which I always have to keep reminding myself is no longer called the B Nacional, no. it's just the Nacional. The now, Primera Nacional. But the, yeah. the second division. Um, and have, I mean, from what I can see, the format looks the same, it's just with two teams more. Uh, so you've got two groups of 15 teams mm-hmm. in the Copa de la Liga, followed by a Liga, exactly the same format as this one. Everybody plays everybody else once, but you've got a couple of extra rounds. But, there two more teams. I, but, I, uh, but wasn't it... Uh, I think the main change from that new format is the fact that the, the league... Oh yeah, what am I talking about? It's not yeah. the same format at all, is it? Thank you for reminding me. That, that's why this was going to take more explanation. Yeah. So the idea there is you have... The Copa de la Liga format being, as I've just described it, two groups of 15 teams. The top... So, the, the Copa de la Liga then goes into the top four from each um, from each group going into the quarterfinals, semifinals. Final, same setup as, as this year. But after that's finished, they look at the group, um, the group stage of the Copa de la Liga and they take the top 10 from each group and put them into the effectively the, the Primera División, but it's going to be called the Top 20 Championship LPF. And they take the bottom five from each group, so 10 teams in total, because five times two is 10, yeah. for those of you who find maths hard. Excellent. And, and what have you so far? And they take the top 10 from... The Primera Nacional. But presumably the first half of the Primera Nacional. Or no, the Primera yeah, Nacional there, remember there are 38 teams in the Primera yes. Nacional. Yeah. So when's the Primera Nacional being played while this is going on? Sorry? When's the Primera Nacional being played while the well, Copa de la Liga is happening? Are they going to get all that sorted? Yeah, apparently they want to have six months of the Primera Nacional held. Or, um, yeah, either six months or the fact that maybe it starts, uh, the Primera Nacional started, uh, well, I don't know, maybe six months of the, the Primera Nacional. The Primera Nacional, Nacional is going to start on the 1st of January and teams are going to be playing yeah, exactly. every, once every two days. Um, in order to get the whole thing finished I mean I'm sure it's explained in here somewhere but I don't know I've never even considered this Uh, and then the top 10 from that are going to go into a separate competition with the top 10 the bottom 10 or the the bottom 5 from each group of the Copa de la Liga in order to play the first 
Classification LPF Championship, um, which would be 20 teams, 19 rounds of matches, everybody against everybody else. So the same as the actual championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, the winner of which would go into the Copa Sudamericana. Yeah, so you might see uh, you might see a second division team qualify to the Copa Sudamericana. Yeah, that's a likely the, scenario. Well, it, although in fact they would then the they would go back into the top, top flight, flight yes. because the the ten best teams in this championship in inverted commas um, go into the twenty twenty four. Copa de la Liga yeah. Profesional. What it means the that, look, yeah. what it means is that we could have a whole load of teams who. Start the Copa Libertadores in the top flight and finish it in the in the second division. Yeah, because yeah. obviously so, even more so if they're taking the Libertadores seriously and not the Copa so much, mm. they could well go down and carry on. You know, even win the Libertadores yeah. while being in a second division club. I'm gonna say insane. something. I'm gonna say something that might be a little bit controversial, but I think I have uh, enough uh, uh, something to justify what I'm about to say. Santi's feeling very confident in his. Um, chances of continuing to be invited back on this podcast. <laughs> okay, so what if what if this format is not as bad as it looks like? But it is as bad as it looks. Listen up. Go on. Listen up. This is uh, something I took from a from a friend of mine called uh, a fellow journalist called uh, Juan Sancho. I have to give credit to him for this idea. But what if you use this exact format? in which you would create a league of 20 teams and you split the Nacional B into two different leagues, one of 20 teams and one of maybe like 28 or something. Right. Or 26, something like that. And you suddenly have solved the main issue of this whole uh, whole, whole conundrum, which is to have so many teams in both of the first divisions by splitting what those first two divisions into three different divisions. But then it just what, what, goes back to being the same every every January. What, what I think no, but, but listen up. But the only way, <laughs> the only way in which this would work right. is if those changes, if that 20-team league and that 20-team second division yeah. are kept permanently. So what you're saying is, if this is used solely next year as a transitional exactly. championship, and then starting in 2024, we have a 20-team Primera, a, a 20-ish team second division, a 20-ish team third division. Exactly. What That's not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> that would immediately solve the main problem I, that is, that's been uh, you know, dragging the first division since it 2015. Would be, it would be a much quicker way of doing it than yeah. relegating more teams than you provide. And not only that, games. not only that, but you would you know, create the illusion that the teams that you would eventually relegate would not be relegated because they would just stay in the first division. You would create a new division, kind of like a Premier League in a way. That's kind of like a. Oh, you've lost me that now because who's going Because you would create a new first division with the twenty teams you you're. So saying just call it Liga Profesional dos. Liga Platino, like yeah. something like that. You know, <laughs> the Platinum League, the Super Champions. Super Justice League. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You you give it a really fancy name so that the 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 chairman of the teams who are so stupefyingly uh, terrified of the, of uh, of relegation. They feel like they won't be relegated. They will just stay in the first division. I mean, it's it's a brilliant plan. I don't like the end bit, but I, as <laughs> as it's stated here, the only problem is I agree that as a transitional idea, it could be good. As it's outlined here, it's yeah, that's not going to happen. It specifically says that the ten best teams in this 
Classificatoria, we'll the classification that. championship, would then be involved in the Coppa Liga Profesional 2024. Yeah. In other words, they would start 2024 being able to call themselves, whether it actually is the case or not, <laughs> top flight teams. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean and, that's that's uh, the main issue, the fact that they want to keep this permanent. That, that suggests, exactly, that, that it's going to be an ongoing thing. And my main problem with that is that it separates the relegation battle from the title race. Mm. You, you've got teams who are going to be fighting for the title playing against uh, teams who are like 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th in the, the title group or whatever. No, you call absolutely it. nothing, got nothing to play for. They're not yeah. going to stand a chance of getting into the Sudamericana. Yeah, I mean, the whole issue uh, with the... They don't a chance of getting relegated because they did well enough in the Copa de la Liga, so that's out of the question Yeah, I mean, well. the whole issue of uh, the, this current format is that you have so many teams who will fight for absolutely nothing all year, yeah. hmm. and you wouldn't fix that. I mean, we've been doing this for years. We've been talking about all of the various formats. We've been moaning from time to time. We've been yeah. outlining what we would do if we were president of the AFA and so on. And I realise that to an extent, especially me and Dan doing it, it sounds like you know we're the white Europeans who are coming down here and telling South Americans how they should be doing stuff. But Although we differ also, a bit. I was more than happy with the two short seasons. I thought yeah, that was a great like, format just off the bat. Why I, did you have to fuck with that? Why? My main problem it was perfect. I mean, there, there, there were some issues with that form. No, no, there was no issues. It was perfect. Two, two champions a year. Every single game meant something. Either at the top or the bottom of the table. Just yeah, delicious. The whole thing with the Bromelios was... Oh, that's yeah, a, yeah, but that's, that's, that's a different story altogether. Yeah. Yeah. You could do relegations off the annual table and no one would have a problem. But my, my main problem two champions a year was great fun. My yeah, main I, problem with the short championships was always was the Bromelios, but that is it's a, it's a separate issue. But also, I, I just... It's kind of a short attention span. Exactly. Like, I, I mean, mean, I have a short attention really, span. Really streaky great. team. Yeah, a team with a great streak, with a, not even a great streak, a good streak, mm -hmm. can do enough to win a championship. I, mean, I think that's brilliant. San Lorenzo was a champion <laughs> with just like 33 30 points, points man. Games, yeah. How can a team be champion of Argentina, of our whole country, but then they went on the next year to win the Libertadores? What? Sorry. Just <laughs> yeah. grinding your like, way through the worst Brunelian <laughs> title and the worst Libertadores in history and winning it all. It's brilliant. I'm just holding my hands around yeah, the microphone sorry. for a second now because the voices were starting to get raised quite a lot. <laughs> uh, the little sound uh, oh. indicator here suggested we were breaking the levels a bit. So if, yeah. if you've been listening in... in uh, yeah, good luck editing this. Noise cancelling headphones. Oh, I'm not going to do any editing. If you've been listening in noise cancelling headphones for the last few minutes, then I apologise for your eardrums being in agony. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there are arguments for and against, but certainly I would have, if we had a time machine and we could go back and warn ourselves like five or six years ago, what was no longer ago than that, right? Eight this, years ago now. Yeah. Eight years ago. What the result was going to be of this, not that we were particularly happy when, when the league did get extended to 30 teams anyway. Um, then I think that we would all have taken just, yeah, let's just stay with the short championships. Let's try and scrap the promedios if we can, yeah. but let's stay with the short championships. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think that the, the, the Brazil experiment in inverted commas with a European style in inverted commas mm. league, the way that that was quite hotly disputed when it first came in, which is what now? 20, 21 years ago or something. At least, yeah. Probably. Um, yeah, well, the Superliga was like the think most... nearly more like 30. The, oh, the Superliga yeah, was well. probably the most uh, similar thing we ever had to that. And there was like a, yeah. a well, plan... There was like a plan to, you know, reduce the teams year after year after year. But uh, the, re the the issue is, is that uh, the the chairman of uh, a lot of the teams that were fighting mm -hmm. for relegation were so terrified of relegation 
especially that gimnasia that gimnasia side on the Maradona, that they just decided that it didn't suit them for them to be relegation. They were completely, you know, uh, against the whole idea of uh, how uh, their finances would be completely fight, fucked up for relegation. So that's how we ended up back where we started. Yeah, I mean, it's turkeys voting for Christmas to to use one of my favourite old um, <laughs> old lady saints. <laughs> So yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to look up when the Serie A in Brazil moved to the current format, but it was in the 20, It was during the current century. Um, really? Like no, 90%. I think it was. I think it was in the nineties. Twentieth, nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, it was in the nineties. Yeah. So while ago. But uh, I, I insist, uh, if there is some sort of way in which we turn this uh, monstrosity into uh, really blood, but brutal blood but of a, of a transition year <laughs> and we end up having three divisions instead of the humongous two that we have right now it would be brilliant but I feel like the solution is right in front of everyone's eyes and they just do not see it sorry I'm just going to gloat a bit I'm right uh, <laughs> the, 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 current, the current season is the 19th edition in a double round robin since that's that format's establishment in really? 2003. I thought it was a bit longer um, than that. Oh, I said. Well done, Sam. Thank you. Um, the only reason I was that certain was that I knew I could remember it being implemented and there was no way that was <laughs> going to be the case if it was the previous century. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just, why? Why is the effort... I get why they're having the discussions and I get that a discussion has to be had if we're going to move on from the current situation at all. But just... I feel like the idea of just settling on a format, even if it's a terrible one, and sticking with it for a few yeah. years, giving it a chance to, for people to get used to it and, and for it to grow. I honestly wouldn't mind sticking with this format now as imperfect as it is and getting rid of two teams a year because it sort of works. The Copper was great fun in the first half I mean, of the year. The thing is... This league's been all right. Um, just bring the number of teams down. I mean, I think it, make, it, it makes sense for all three of us, but I think you have to ask yourself... Why it's not working for the for the chairman? And I think there's a very very specific answer. Yeah, they just no, don't want to get relegated. Exactly, they that exactly. They're completely terrified yeah. of getting relegated. And that, that's my only issue with what Dan's just suggested, which of course was what was what's supposed to have been happening for the last couple of years, but hasn't been, is that it then doesn't end up happening because it's happening so slowly and they're able to, you know, like in a couple of years' time, somebody else comes in and becomes president of the AFA and goes, yeah, you know what, we can tear all this up. Exactly. We'll give you six more teams. Yeah, which, which is what I liked about Santi's suggestion of using this ridiculous format that's been suggested as a transitional idea for a yeah. year and then guaranteed 2024. All you've got to do is get through 2023 and if you get to <laughs> January the 1st, 2024 and you've got those teams, those 20 teams locked in in the top flight and those 20 to 24 teams locked in in the second division, Back, start that season, and Chiki Tapia can be replaced, and there's nothing the new guy can do about it. So, <laughs> but mean, the it's thing, the AFA, so they, they would. They like, will. They, yeah, could get, mean, they could get 10 at this, matches at this the moment, new season. At this go, point, you know ever since, uh, ever since uh, Julian Berto Granadona has died, the whole uh, thinking process of most of the AFA and the, the clubs has probably been uh, influenced oh. by whoever's in charge. In, uh, at the I presidency of Argentina. That, I hope you're not suggesting that Grondona... No, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm only just, just suggesting that when Grondona was in charge, no sane person sitting at uh, the, the presidency in Argentina would even dare to 
questioned him or his mm. methods or mm. whatever he thought was the best format for the, the championship. But since he died, the thinking process of all of the AFA and the, and the clubs has been uh, completely influenced by whoever was the president back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's an undeniable fact. And I feel like as Archery politics become more and more, pet, more, more, more and more like a pendulum going from one way to the other, I feel like the format is going to be changing over three or four years if they don't get the shit together. Yeah. So. Which is why I like the idea of just getting this done in one year, bang, relegate yeah. 10 teams, 20 yeah. team top flight, or 18 team top flight. If you exactly, it's like ripping off a mandate. Yeah. And, and then you can't reverse it easily, at least. Um, shall we move on to Mr's question? Yes. Phil Carney says, how fucked are Lanus? Is there anyone capable of outdoing us anytime soon? I'm a bit behind at the moment, so this has been discussed recently. My bad. Uh, it's not been discussed recently, Phil. I think they're going to be in real trouble next year. Like, real, real big trouble. Are they down there, like, next year? I think, uh, I mean... This assumes that there are going to be relegations yeah. next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if there's... Or they could be, if there will be relegations. Or there could be 20 relegations. If there are there relegations. I mean, if, they, if things stand exactly as they are right now, Lanús would be... Wait, wait a minute, I'm going to check promedios, promedios, sorry. They're going to be 22nd out of 28 teams in the relegation fights. And they with, would be with only... Of, with two of those teams having been relegated. Already. Yeah, of course. And they would be... Uh, ah, they're right down there. Four. Yeah. yeah, there will be four points of the drop zone. And or be four, or three, potentially three. there'll be four yeah. relegations. And they're going to be three points of the drop zone because we have to assume that Central Cordoba are going to be... In the drop zone, there will be only three points off, which is startling. Squeaky bum time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they need to get the shit together, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't really put my finger on where it's gone wrong for Lanús, but clearly a lot of things have. I mean, their Playing squad a 42 year old up front is. Their squad has uh, grown worse and worse and worse over the yes. years, and they've. Uh, Got got rid of uh, Juan Manuel Lopez, Jose Manuel Lopez, already too soon, I think. Yeah, I was about to say. Way too soon. Was he gone? So, remind me. Uh, uh, Palmeiras. Palmeiras. Yes, Palmeiras. Did De La Vega go in the end, or is he injured? De La Vega, I think De, de La Vega's petered out a bit. I yeah, think. I was just saying. Yeah, in their last match, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, unintentional. It was completely unintentional, but it was it was nice. Uh, Tommy Wendia, perfect Tommy, says currently watching Union versus Gimnasia, and it appears someone threw a shoe at a Gimnasia player. Yeah. What's the funniest slash strangest thing you've seen thrown on a pitch? Well, uh, it was suspected that uh, at the latest uh, Clásico de Avellaneda, someone mm. had thrown a fish at Leandro Fernandez. But it wasn't a fish. Yeah, it wasn't a fish. It was a roll. A, it was definitely not a toilet fish. rolls or, or no a, 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 a flare roll. No, it was garapiña. Ah, yeah, it was. Yes. Well, that, that was pretty odd as well. A, um, like a bag of garapiñas. A pack of um, caramelized peanuts. Exactly. Yeah, which smell much nicer than they taste when you're walking along. Exactly. Yes. Yes. In, you have uh, people the all over the Avenida Cabildo cooking uh, some garapiñas, but they are awful. They taste awful. I'm just trying to. What's it was the, a famous one with Independiente when they threw syringes on the pitch. Oh yeah, and the, ah, and I also remember like uh, at uh, Clásico de Rosario they threw dolls like yes, painted in red. Yeah, yeah. They threw dolls. Yeah, yeah. butchered dolls. Like. Yeah, butchered dolls and yeah. also some even some uh, tubes as well, like yeah. metal tubes. 
I seem to remember a Racing game, possibly against Belgrano a few years ago. They threw cr- crutches on the pitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, someone, th- uh, someone threw their uh, prosthetic legs. Someone threw a prosthetic yes. leg, yeah. yes. Um, speaking <laughs> of a few, yeah. a few classics, um, um, there was one uh, Racing Boca Clásico years and years ago where um, after Racing Goa, a guy um, winched up a... Uh, a legend, a sucking pig. <laughs> Didn't actually throw it on the pitch, but he like winched it up above the uh, the Boca goal. Yeah, but uh, there. I mean, and it was uh, yes, that was kind of a copycat uh, to what happened at uh, you know that famous Boca Barcelona Madrid with so much raw pigs head. At no, but this was much before. This was much. Ah, there was, this it was, was like, earlier. This was uh, 93, 94. Ah, so that was like. a copycat of yes, what happened there. I think yeah. so. Nothing to compare with the scooter that was thrown off the. Secretary of the San Siro. <laughs> no, definitely not. That was um, oh shit. That was pretty uh, pretty special. I, I just if either of you could provide clarification on how a handful of garapinada get mistaken for a fish, though, then please do because I'm. Have you never been on the internet? I mean, I mean, when like you one win- person claims it's a fish yeah. from a blurry photo, I, and then I, everyone I, else. I think the Sun, the Daily Mail, I saw all of these. Yeah, um, I distinctly remember, like, even it was yeah. like a month or two after the Classico. Yeah. That they reported that supposedly Leandro Fernandez was there with a fish. And there was yeah. like people, uh, yeah. Like, I got uh, called from Talk Sport asked to um, oh, yeah. <laughs> go on and talk about the fish. <laughs> and I'd like, I saw the message late, so I didn't get a chance to, uh, I think you should have to, to go on. But I, I made a point of saying to the producer, yeah. You, you should have told them, yes, I will. It wasn't a fish. You exactly. know this, right? Yeah. You should have accepted and then clarified when it was too late that it wasn't a fish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Liam Kelly, who has no relation to me, says, Clásico Cordobés in the second division tomorrow evening. First versus second. Mm. Will we see either or both Belgrano and Instituto back in the top flight? I think at the moment it's much more likely to be Belgrano. They've, got a They've tailed off a little bit, haven't they? They yeah, looked unstoppable at first, but then they tailed off a little bit. So they're yeah still five points clear with uh, with a game in your hand and well the, yeah uh, lose tomorrow and it will um, make it very interesting definitely um, and then just behind them on the hunt uh, San Martin de Tucumán yeah but obviously they're going to get screwed out of promotion because it happens every year basically I mean there has to be a, if they stick with the current plan then there has to be a decent chance that they both come up right because they're supposed to be yeah two teams coming up two, two promotions aren't there is it one through playoff and one automatic or is it two automatic I think one, one one's automatic, automatic and the other and one is through the playoffs. other goes into a 12 team yeah. playoff 12 teams oh, okay so yes. perhaps not as good as Jesus fucking Christ they do enter at a later round but um, yeah but still yeah, they go straight into the I same. know there are 37 teams in that division yes. but for 12 teams to compete for a promotion that's like Jesus fucking Christ it's going to be interesting uh, yeah. Birdie says I assume I'm late you're yeah. not because uh, we're recording late today anyway but I want your take on this what do you think about the rumours of Conmebol slash FIFA actively demanding that we to put it in technical terms sh- sort our shit out with the league and its format is this feasible would it even move the offer I have to say this is the first I've heard about these rumours um, I can't imagine they'd pay money what faculty the Commonable FIFA have to tell yeah. I mean, an they, association how they to structure did, the uh, Well, do you remember in 2016 
when uh, that was when it was under intervention, right? Yeah, yeah. But which is we were in dangerous in we were dangerously close to being yeah. you know kicked out of a. That's a different story. Russia, like government intervention, we all know, is is a no no. Doing yeah, depends. Making depends. stupid links depends. is um, is your prerogative. Yeah. I mean, there, there have been so many government interventions in a lot of leagues, and and FIFA has been with some has been more lenient than yeah. others. I, I think the, the best argument against that's a FIFA smokescreen to do with them just being able to earn money the way that they want to earn money because there is North Korea played have played in the World Cup this century, yeah, and. And the women's World Cup, I think, more than once. Yeah, yes. Qatar, Qatar are hosting a nothing, fucking World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is ever going to convince me that the North Korean FA is completely independent. <laughs> I mean, sure. So you know, a lot of the stories about what happens to their players and manager after they fail to win the World Cup are obviously tabloid bollocks and are made up and all the rest of it. They're probably not packed off to labour camps and everything. But we hope. They're absolutely not independent of, of their government. Well, you could say um, the same about Whereas Qatar. Peru, of course, was almost kicked out yeah. in what 2006, and Spain were almost kicked out of FIFA at some point as well around that, that same I time. think now El Salvador are in a real in real trouble right now. Uh, which I, kind of, I guess kind of answers Birdie's second question: Would it move the AFA? Like, yeah, FIFA do have the authority to do this if they want. They could <laughs> go, you know what, play it this way, or you're out. Um, but I haven't heard about these rumours no. and I'm not sure that there's that much behind them because I can't really see you know if I was the president of FIFA then I would absolutely be going to the AFA <laughs> look would you just sort out a proper league format please <laughs> but I'm not the president of FIFA no. the president of FIFA he probably never will be so. almost definitely does not care as much about Argentine football as I do um, and I can't really see why he would yeah care that much uh, and Club Atlético Independiente in English asks, are there people who like Falcioni's playing style? To which I'm going to respond, I don't know whether Julio Cesar Falcioni likes Julio Cesar Falcioni's playing style. Look, Banfield fans are not going to complain. I mean, Banfield fans are certainly not going to complain about Falcioni's playing mm. style. What I would say to that is that it, when they were doing well under him, most of ten years ago, he was a bit younger and it wasn't quite as painful to watch as it is today. And he had some ridiculous good players. Ridiculously good players. Yeah. Any style. Papelito Fernandez as well. Papelito Fernandez, Santiago Silva, Ruiz. Yeah. They were some very good teams. Really decent players. Well, also, uh, I mean, I will raise the bar a little bit. Boca fans would certainly uh, pay to have Falcione as their manager right now. Hmm. I think I that's not a controversial thing to say. Yeah. They hate him now, but if... It had gone a little bit different in the final against Corinthians. I think it. Yeah, but I they think were, they'd be. Um, they'd Boca think fans, a little bit different. There. Boca fans still remember fondly that tournament they won in 2011, mm. the Apertura. They still remember him fondly for to Fancini. When they were horrible. I remember because Racing had Simeone in charge and they were horrible too. Yeah. And it was just the most depressing title How, race in history. Uh, I mean, w- uh, for Racing to. Well, for Simeone to go straight from Racing to Atletico Madrid. After that Racing campaign speaks a lot about in what position Atletico Madrid were in mm. at that moment. Yes. I mean, it really does. But uh, yeah. And how much they love Simeone and Atletico. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, I think there are this, these two sets of fans who I think will surely love Falcioni and his playing style despite everything because they are so uh, invested in you know winning at all costs or getting points. Uh, 
Uh, and of course, fans of rival teams. They love Falcione's playing style at Independiente. They really, really, really do. <laughs> uh, in a way, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I've, I have a, a Boca a friend of mine, a Boca fan of mine, who's a friend of mine, was always trying to, you know, uh, rub, it in, rub it in my face every time Falcioni does something like decently, you know, uh, decently right. Like every time in the Pinta score, the, he's going like, like, like Fal Falcioni masterclass, you know, trying to, you know. Yeah, that's that's the kind of fan I'm talking about. Lifetime contract for Falcioni and Maria Lecce exactly. for Moshana. That's what we're, uh, exactly. we're all about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on to Mystic Sam? Yes. Okay, this week there are matches on Monday, and I have checked, and there are not midweek matches following. Excellent, Sam. Um, which is just as well, actually, because next week is going to be our last chance to record here, at least, for a few weeks. Ooh. I'm going to away for a few weeks after that. I am, yes. Uh, I'm not sure quite how we're going to record mm. for a couple of weeks while you are away, but anyway. The fixtures, uh, with... Do you want me to leave your key, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> um... The fixtures this weekend are Colón versus Tigre. Um, these are two teams we haven't talked about, but I think the Tigre are going to win that one. Huracán versus Newells should be should be a Newells win, but Huracán. I, I mean, I've not really seen much of them, but they've not been awful at home, I think. Right? Oh, maybe they have that. Huracán have been decent. Um, oh, they're fifth. Yeah, Huracán have been good. Yeah. Okay. And Newells are tough, I'm not sure why I went for Newells. Newells have been a bit rubbish. But I've said it already, yeah. so I can't Sick to you guys. You've got as much chance of being right as wrong. Lanús <laughs> versus Arsenal is Oof. going to be a very rare victory for Arsenal. <laughs> Thought I'd just let that hang there. Uh, Godoy Cruz versus Independiente is going to be a draw. River versus Central Cordoba is going to be a win for River. Defensing DCL versus Boca is going to be. Oh, whoopsie, I just pressed back. Uh, I think that's going to be a win for, um, <laughs> for Defensing Odisia. Even though they're. Oh no, I thought they're much lower. I thought they were more or less level with Boca, but they're not. They're 10th place as well in the league. Uh, I'm going to go back on that one. I'm going to go for a draw there. Um, Estudiantes versus Union, I think, is an Estudiantes win. No, they're not worrying about the Libertadores anymore. Rosario Central versus Banfield is going to be a victory for Carlos Tevez's blue and yellow army. Racing versus San Lorenzo has to be a victory for Racing, doesn't it? Oof. I mean, we can only hope. If you can't beat San Lorenzo, that's pretty embarrassing, though. Venice uh, versus San Miento. Wait, no, hang on. Yes, no, I just said San Lorenzo, didn't I? Not San Miento. Same about Estudiantes, they're down at the moment. They are, they're currently 1-0 so down to our 15 That's also at half-time. So uh, what we haven't said during this, by the way, is that Banfield Racing is 2-0 to Racing at the break. And uh, as we've just said, um, Argentinos lead Estudiantes 1-0 also at the break. Uh, where were we? Racing San Lorenzo, I've just predicted a Racing win. Beles versus Sarmiento, I'm going to go for a Sarmiento win. Mm. Platense versus Tacheres. Um... Now, Platense had a really good start to the season, but we've not talked about them for a while now, and that's because they're down in ninth. 
Tacheres, however, are 24th. Yeah. I'm going for a Platense win. Uh, Patronato de la Juventud Católica versus Asociación Atlética Argentinos Juniors. Oh, that could be a good game. Is going to be a draw. Mm. And as Dan hints, I think possibly. Low key, interesting match there. A high scoring one, yeah. Squirreled away in, in the back end of the. Um, 2 2 or something like that. Um, that's on Monday evening. Also on Monday evening, our Atletico Tucumán versus Barracas Central, which surely is not Atletico Tucumán win. They're top of the yeah. league. But Barracas, potential banana skin. So that could be an interesting one to watch as well. And Gimnasia versus Aldo Sibi. So the top two both play on Monday night. Mm. And I think Gimnasia are going to win that one. because And fourth place, Racing as well. As it stands. Uh, not to jinx anything. No, you play on Sunday. We're playing on Monday. Hang on, what's today? 19th, 20th. Oh, right, okay, in that case, you play on, you play on Monday and the two matches I just mentioned are on, the two, <laughs> on Tuesday night. Uh, I knew so, the Russell were playing on Monday because I've been making plans for God knows how long. Oh, I see, right. Nice. On Monday. There are no matches on Friday because we've got this midweek round now, yeah, which yeah. is finishing on Thursday, so there are no matches tomorrow night. So if I said Friday just now, while reading Add a day to everything Saturday. that Sam just said. Yeah, just move everything forward by a day. Uh, from next week onwards, we're back to normal, I think. The 28th, what, what day of the week's the 28th going to be? That's the Sunday. Oh, right. Well, that's... Co- ah, right, they, okay. So the next, day I arrive in England. Next weekend hasn't been scheduled yet, then, because uh, right. all of the matches are showing up to <laughs> the 28th at 5 o'clock, which is certainly not going to be the case. Um, anyway, those are the matches coming up this weekend. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's Hand of Pod. It's 25 past 10. Wow. So I think we'd better, well, Santi and I'd better get off and leave yeah. down um, to your own devices. I'm going to finish my phone <laughs> out first of all, but before we do that, before I do that, we shall say goodbye. Thank you very much indeed for listening to us, and goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye. From Santi. See you around, guys. And from me, thank you and goodbye. <laughs>